0: and Scholars. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex positive, shame free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And it is an honor to welcome my guest today, Marla Renee Stewart. I already told you I'm a big fan. Marla Renee Stewart uh, is a professional sexologist, speaker, author, and sexual strategist. She is the owner of Velvet Lips, a sexuality education company, as well as Contract Liberation, a company focused on research for nonprofits. She's also a lecturer at Clayton State University. University teaching Sociology and Women and Gender Studies. As the co-founder of the amazing Sex Down South Conference, Marla aims to bring diverse groups together to learn and share their experiences in the essence of being authentic and fostering liberation across communities. Marla has studied human sexuality for over 20 years, has educated over 30,000 people in over 14 years, given over 500 workshops, and served over 100 clients in her private practice all around the world. She's had her influence in the media, also has written over 200 articles, featured in 30 magazines and books, has been over 70 podcasts, was even uh, featured on Netflix's Trigger Warning with Killer Mike and VH1's Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. In addition, she also sits on the board for Spark Reproductive Justice Now and is on the Community Advisory Board of Diverse Sexualities and Research Education Institute. She even co-wrote her first book, The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay, with the awesome Dr. Jess O'Reilly, and is currently writing a chapter and co-editing An Intersectional Approach to Sex therapy coming in 2021 dang girl can you do any more shit seems like you're just (laughs) lazing around over there
1: yes i do a lot thank you so much for having me yes 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 and that book comes out december 2021 so next month it's coming out so that's exciting
0: oh shit this is perfect okay it's gonna come out right in time so tell me more what does an intersectional approach do? mean to you? And why is this so needed for the field?
1: Well, I think thinking about intersections is based on the intersectionality theory that Kimberly Crenshaw came up with. It is basically a a book where we've gathered a bunch of people, educators, counselors, therapists, who are working with people of color and understanding how they are moving successfully towards their sexual health. I'm really excited. I wrote a chapter called Queering Straight Black Couples Here in the South. And I also co edited the book with Reese and James and Marietta. So I am super excited about that coming out because it basically details ways that we can use certain practices. Because a lot, a lot of times therapy is a lot of uh, theory. And talking through things, but not a lot of practice. And so we basically say, yeah, like, and hey, not very
0: embodied all the time. Right.
1: Like, use this approach for this particular issue. And so we're very detailed about that. So I'm really, really excited to, to have that come out soon. Well, I don't want
0: to give away your whole book or chapter, but like, what are some things about what you were saying, queering straight couples? of color in the South, like what does that mean for you?
1: Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I think as a queer person, you know, my whole life, I think understanding what queering means is that you understand your sexuality in a certain particular context, right? So um, for queer folks, we understand, we we navigate our sexuality because it's like, oh, wait, this is not what's being said outside of maybe our family or in the media or whatever. And, well, I mean, a lot has changed now. Um, But I know back, you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago, you know, queer people were not in the media. And if they were, it wasn't out, you know, they weren't out. It wasn't said out loud. And so... Yeah, it was just, like, for a particular, like, the male gaze and, like, sexy lesbian scenes or whatever. (laughs) Right. So like thinking about the queering straight black couples, it's sort of bringing a queer perspective to say like, hey, like for cis men, it's okay to have anal sex. This is what this means. Like, it's not necessarily a, a, a bad thing or a gay thing. Having them to understand what, what pleasure means in their body and mm-hmm. uh, taking it away from a heteronormative context um yeah. so yeah my chapter just includes like a couple of couples where i talk about uh, how they've queered their sexuality how they've how they can get away from these identity tropes of the southern gentleman or the southern belle um and what that how that has really kind of sometimes has traumatized them so religious trauma um is also in there as well so yeah thinking about all of these different things so that's where the yeah. intersections sort of play in And what do you
0: hope people will take away from this book? And what kind of folks would you like to be reading it? I mean, I hear like every therapist should be reading this.
1: Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Every therapist should be reading it. Every counselor, every educator. If you are helping clients one on one, you need to be reading the book because it's going to help you uh, give, uh, help you in your practice. Uh, with giving techniques, practical techniques to be like, hey, use this technique for this, or use this technique for that. Um, so, absolutely, everybody should be should be reading it um, if they're working with folks one on one.
0: And I'm just thinking back to, like, my master's program, and we had, like, one pretty bullshit class about, like... It was just called, like, cultural awareness or something like that. And it definitely didn't focus enough on intersectionality. Again, for listeners, um, check out, you know, all the, the research and literature on this, but basically all the the ways that our identities connect and fit into the culture in addition to the systemic issues that those cultures may face. And I think it was basically kind of BS. It was just like, if you're working with a black person, here's some things to keep in mind. If you're working with a Latin American person, here are some things to keep in mind. It was like so vague and BS. It's treating everybody like
1: a monolith.
0: Yeah. And, and as a, as a white clinician in this space, like there's no real education for like how to do real anti-racist intersectional work, unless you're seeking it out yourself, which I hope folks are, but a lot of people aren't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is kind of one of those books that, you know, hopefully will be on everybody's shelves, uh, but really aimed at, you know, therapists, supervisors, um, folks who can control the, the education um, for therapists. So we're hoping that this gets out to them as well and that they really take this into consideration.
0: It's so great because the two books that you have really like span the sluts and scholars mentality, right? Like you've got the scholarly works, and you're also like how to fuck better. <laughs> yes, so definitely, absolutely, they, those two all the can time. Exist. Okay, so speaking of the the southern couples that you're working with, so you've got you put on this essential conference called Sex Down South. Um, definitely check it out, everybody listening. But why is it important to have a sex conference in the south?
1: Well, uh, well, it's important to have a sex conference just in everywhere. general, <laughs> everywhere. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's particularly important to have a sex conference in the South because we, we, it's the Bible Belt, right? It's traditionally the Bible Belt. There is a church on every block, you know. So, thinking about how religion has impacted people's sexuality and sexual health, and mental health um i think it's really important to 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 represent there cuz to say like hey there there is an alternative or there is a place where you can go where you can actually talk about sex where you can actually be yourself i think i think a, a real big deal is being authentic right so coming into the space and being like okay this is me 100% these are all of my identities and i'm coming into this space and sex down South is a very sex positive space and we're very much accepting whoever you are. Um, and we set that up with the, um, with our guidelines, you know, it's sort of like, if you are kind of our guiding principles, if you come into this space, you know, you need to abide by these principles. And if you don't, then you shouldn't be here. Um, and I think, setting that tone um has really helped people to come into their own and be like oh okay so i'm not going to be judged for this or i'm not going to be judged for that um i can come in as myself and know that people are going to accept me regardless um and i think that that has been the bane of our success really I, I think it's beautiful. We have a healing space. We have a dungeon.
0: Every every sex conference should have a dungeon. Yes. If you
1: don't already, so <laughs> It's funny because like when I came to the South, I thought coming from California, coming from a very liberal place, it's like you, you think, oh, well, maybe the swingers communities or the non-monogamous communities or the kinky communities are going to be like, I thought there weren't going to be many, but it turns out they're all here. You know, Mm -hmm. they're all here, they are having fun, but a lot of times people have had to go by aliases, like they don't want to disturb their corporate jobs, or they don't want to disturb their family environment, or they're upset their church, even though they embody a lot of these identities. So you have so many different swingers groups, non-monogamous groups, kinky groups, whereas in the California, I would say there's not the same because it, it's just a little bit more accepting. So I think Sex Down South is a way where people can find each other, not only locally, but on a large scale level as well. Like we we've been able to connect people from all around the country and really around the world because Canada is a, a big part of our um, for folks coming to Sex Down South, too. So, ah,
0: oh, interesting. Just because there, you think there aren't as many things, or it's just so popular. Obviously, folks want to come from everywhere.
1: Yeah, I think we just, you know, I, I don't know. I guess we have just have a reputation kind of up there as well, you know, and, and we're just kind of connected. I'm not really sure. I think part of it <laughs> is I love that. <laughs> I, I mean, I admire Jess for a long time. I think part of it is, uh, yes, her, she's Toronto
0: based. Yeah.
1: And like, you know, um, Luna, Matadas, you know, yeah. we had Rahim, like we, we just, yeah, Andrew Gerza. So I feel like Canada is like a part, you know, we kind of, we kind of bring them in. So,
0: yeah, I feel like we just, we just have so much appreciation for all the nice things Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for supporting us. Um, I mean, you already kind of named some of these things, but whether it's individual clients or people you've met at the conference, what are some of the things that the Southern states or Southern area, especially still struggle with? when it comes to sexuality? Oh,
1: absolutely. Religious trauma. You know, I've had so many people come to me and be like, oh, I, I used to tell people, I I could smell a Jehovah's uh, Witness a mile away or an ex-Jehovah's Witness a mile away because mm. of the way they approached sexuality or the way they approached me about sexuality. Um, you know, the whole doomsday kind of uh, mentality in that. And it's really struggling um, to to know that they deserve pleasure, you know, without thinking that the world is going to end every day. Um, so I I think sometimes it's just like a lot of religious trauma within Christianity, um, folks who are struggling with their sexuality or their queerness, um, you know, that, you know, in the South, we're known to have a lot of, You know, download DL, you know, people who are like, I want you to be my best friend, but we also have sex on the side. But we don't tell people we have sex, but we do have sex. You know, it's sort of like, this this hidden thing that um, that people really struggle with. And so I think it's like I said, it's important to have it in the South to let people know, hey, we're out. We're proud. We are who we are. It's OK. Doesn't matter who you are. It's, you know, yeah, there's space for you. There is space for you. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, folks, with the religious with the religious religious trauma, I think that has sex down south has really helped that and i think my own work in this industry and being just probably one of the few people doing this work in the south um yeah. has really just the
0: shame the amount of shame
1: yeah absolutely absolutely or um how people are raised right abstinence only sex ed you know <laughs> That is not going to help you when you're thinking about your communication tactics, how you're navigating relationships. So many people come to me and like, is this a healthy relationship or I don't understand a healthy relationship. What does that look like? I've had situations where I've had couples where I'm like, this is an abusive situation. But Wha- they were
0: never taught anything or knew otherwise. So like, how do you, where do you know where to look? Or how do you even know to question it?
1: Exactly. Exactly right. And then
0: you have to deal with all feeling gaslit for years of like, oh, I thought this was just normal.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or shame. I had one guy who was being abused by his wife and mm. it was like, this is, this is abuse. And, and he was like, well, you can't abuse me because I'm a man. Right. Exactly. Mm. All of those different stereotypes. Yeah. Well, for folks
0: listening, if you want to hear more about the intersection of uh, religion and sex, I think she's spoken at Sex Down South, but one of my um, colleagues and classmates, Brittany Broadus-Smith, definitely check out her episode and her work with, I think it's still called The Intimacy Firm. Um, and she's got some great talks, like if God created my clitoris. So go back and check out that episode and, and all the work that people like Brittany are doing. Um, if you are listening and religious and not talking to anyone and struggling with how you can make your religion and those ethics match with a pleasurable sex life, because it is possible.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, just since we're uh, on the topic of conferences, but definitely less on the religious front, you've also put on a cool event called Dick Fest. (laughs) I want to hear about that. And uh, yeah, give me tell me about that and give me some takeaways about the D.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Dick Fest, I just I woke up one day you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So I have always a ton of ideas that are flowing through me all the time. I know. As I
0: was reading your thing, I was like, dang, 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 dang.
1: (laughs) So I woke up one morning and I was like, oh my gosh, all of these um, educators who do, um, you know, dick workshops. I was like, we all need to do something together. Like, I think it's always (laughs) best to have a collaboration. I, I, I work better with collaborations. So I was like, okay, I know somebody wants to do this and this. And so after talking to like the people that I knew, some of them were like, well, you need to get a class on pegging because I want to learn how to peg. And I, even though I'm teaching, like I want to I be there for this class or oh, you need a class about this or you need a class about that. And so trying to find like educators who were, who were great. And uh, I think there were a few educators that I actually did not know or hadn't worked with before. And um, it was great. I actually had... Probably way too many educators because I was thinking this would be like a a day thing, and it was like a weekend thing. Um, So there's a
0: lot of there's a lot about the dick that we gotta learn. Well, I also think I don't know what you feel, but I think there's this misnomer, um, especially for folks that maybe talk about the things that we do, like if you're queer or if you're feminist or whatever, that like you hate men and you hate dick, and it's like no, we can like talk about the patriarchal stuff and still love and value and appreciate the dick.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I feel like, you know, these are, these are people's body parts. Like I, I just, I do not have any ill will towards anybody's, anybody's thing. Right. Like I I think it's important for people to learn these skills. Right. And so I was really appreciative because we had like, every single thing you could possibly think of. Like we had like a nice, you know, one Oh one Oh one. Cause people, I, I know a lot of times like, Oh, how, what else could you say about Dick? There's so much you could say. We had like the neuro. Yeah. Feel free to share
0: anything you remember. Cause I'm like, I want to see what I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> we had you This know, is really, I really brought you on here just to give me a dick lesson. No. so.
1: <laughs> We had like the basics of like, you know, a blowjob, right? We had like the neuro, I think the neuro, what was it, neurodiversity of dick? We had, mm. I think there was a how to ride. We had two riding classes, like exercise classes. I did <laughs> dick seduction. Um, uh, I know Luna did cock and ball torture or dick torture, I think we called it. Um, And I think there were were so many different workshops. Um, Ruby Ryder did like pegging how, you know, um, we did. um, And what was really cool about it was, you know, I think as a queer person is just sort of like, this is for everybody. Like most workshops were for whatever kind of dick you had, right? Like whether you strap it on or whether it's, you know, attached to you biologically, it is okay. Yeah, you could come to this. Th- we had a dick panel, which was great. Mm. It was for um, uncircumcised folks who had uncir- uncircumcised penises. Um, Cause I had a friend that was like, I want to know more about uncircumcised penises. And I was like, great. I'll, I'll coordinate a panel. So I coordinated a panel. Um, they, they talked blatantly about, you know, their dicks and it was great. Um, I had a film, uh, the documentary, which I <laughs> had, I had, when I was in Atlanta, I, um, was like the host, uh, of the, of the world premiere, um, for it. So I was like, Oh, this would be perfect for Dick Fest. So we watched the documentary together. Um, what was the What was the documentary about? The documentary is just about like dicks all over the world. So like the different like w- how people experience dick around what the world. What
0: a It's a great way to taste the flavors of different cultures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, they talked about like circumcision. They talk about like the different festivals. Um, they talk about like different. I don't know, dick cults. Um, you know they talk about like it's just like a, a very broad thing around around dicks and I thought it was it was really great um and people learned a lot so I was just like this is this will be fantastic for dick fest good start off point um if you haven't watched it please go watch it I think it's on vimeo. Okay, listeners, don't forget to stock up on things early for the
0: holidays. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Remember, the more you support the advertisers, the more you support the podcast, and that allows me to keep recording. All right. I am not going to lie. I rarely used to wear underwear. I only wear it if I know it's going to come off or be taken off, but I have found some comfortable and affordable underwear that I have even started wearing. Check out Parade. Parade is all about championing self-expression, inclusivity, and diversity. They want everyone to feel comfortable and confident. All Parade underwear is super affordable and so comfortable and soft you forget you're even wearing them, and I can vouch for that. With sizes ranging from extra small to triple extra large, Parade has something for everybody. You name a size, a style, or a color, and Parade has it. They have many styles of underwear and bras, and they're known for launching super fun limited edition collections from seasonal prints to more neutral shades. Parade also uses recycled fabrics, biodegradable Packaging And is on the road to carbon positivity. They also donate 1% of all sales to causes that I personally can choose from, like reproductive rights, racial equity, and LGBTQ plus communities. I love feeling good in what I'm wearing and knowing that it's also going to a good cause. I really like the sport thongs and briefs that have the sweat-wicking, quick-dry material. It's nice to keep things dry down there when you want things to be dry. Upgrade your underwear drawer like I did with Parade. Head to parade.com/sns and use code SNS to get 20% off your first order. That's Y O U R paradecom com slash s-a-n-d-s, code s and s, for 20% off your first order, yourparade.com slash s and s, code s and s. Okay, and after the parade underwear comes off, you're going to need some lube. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. If you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body-safe ingredients. For that, check out UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious high-grade silicone lubricant, and right now they're offering listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use my code S&S at UberLube.com. UberLube is free of nasty additives like parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. It stays on the surface of your skin and doesn't enter your bloodstream like a lot of water-based lube's can. It also has no flavor or scent. It's just silicone and vitamin E. Super simple ingredients. I even like to use it for non-sexual things too. It's great for hair frizz and for chafing between those luscious thighs, and it can also be used for massage. Right now, they're offering listeners 10% off and free shipping when you use my code S&S at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use code S-A-N-D-S at uberlube.com. Now, back to the episode. What are some standout things that you remember about the uncircumcised panel and things like that? Because I do think, like, at least in our culture, obviously this is different other cultures, the uncircumcised penises get, um, I don't know, a lot of people are like, oh, I only like circumcised because they haven't been exposed and there's all these things, they think it's less clean, like, what what are some things that you learned about uncircumcised dick?
1: Well, I think we know that it's just more sensitive, right? So if you think about like, if we know that the penis is analogous to the clitoris and the clitoris is analogous to the penis, we know, like, if we were without our clitoral hood, how would we feel? You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, navigating life. Exposed. And, you know, exposed all the time, right? Um, so knowing how sensitive they are how it can be used for pleasure, um, going through those myths of the unclean thing uh, that pisses me off so much. The, I don't, I can't tell you yeah, how much not, it it's, it's not, it's you not know, an issue
0: with anatomy. It's an issue with sex education. Who's not teaching people how to clean and take care of their body.
1: Yeah. Or kid, care, they're caretakers, right? Yeah. Like whoever's raising that person. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. So it, cleanliness has nothing to do with, yeah, the whole, un, the circumcised thing. So, um, yeah. And then there's so many layers of, like, religion and culture
0: and, like, but people it's who, not even, like, that's put the in the category of genital mutilation. There's all these, there's so
1: many layers. Yeah, and I think it's just, like, a U.S. thing. So I think you in the U.S., there's about 60% of people who are circumcised and 40% who aren't. But in the majority of world, I think, you know, it's like 90% of the world is circumcised, I mean, is uncircumcised. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even people who aren't religious still get circumcised. And it's just sort of like, this doesn't even, it's not even making sense anymore. I think now it's about what people see in porn. So they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want the genitals to look like this because this is what I'm used to seeing rather than it's for function. Like if you were to think about I mean, I can go deeper, but it's just sort of thinking about like if you were to think about intersex people who are operated on, who who should not be operated on consensually. Yeah, it's like we do. We want to quote unquote normalize people, and it's just like it's not necessary if your genitals are working just fine, just the way they are. Leave them be. <laughs> There's no reason to to modify them in any way shape or form and we know that from um i'm not if you're sure if you're familiar with it like john Mooney stuff you know Mm -hmm. and the whole he could uh you know there was a botched circumcision he was like well we could just raise this child as a girl and of course you know the child you know being traumatized and then on top of that realizing like i am not a girl and then Mm -hmm. going back and quote unquote, leading a normal life, but then not and yeah. killing himself. Like, like that is just like too much. And if we just yeah. leave children's genitals alone, we can, you know, we can yeah. let them have a happy, healthy life.
0: And, uh, if you're interested on the listeners on the topic of intersex, I think it's one of my early, early episodes where I think it's called angels or intersex. Um, and so go check that one out. Um, I think it was with someone named seven Graham, Um, I, it's a long while back, I'll put it in the show notes, but definitely educate yourself. If you aren't sure about, uh, what intersex even means, um, we definitely have an episode on that, but it's basically someone who has some ambiguous, uh, genitalia. And often what happens when they're young is because people need to categorize doctors and caregivers will often make a choice, sometimes non-consensually operating so that this small human fits into the category of male or female instead of something creatively beautifully in between. Um, It's pretty fucked up. There's a lot to learn about intersex stuff, so please educate yourself and check it out. Um, You also teach classes on like how to give good oral and give good head and blowjobs, so I'm wondering how do you, uh, whether it's the terminology that you use or the way you teach, how do you leave it open for different kinds of genitals and non-biological genitals that people are using um, so that they can learn skills, but also know that like everybody is different.
1: You know, I think it's all in our language. You know, I, I think part of me, because I embody so many different identities, um, I, I think part of that is being able to navigate that through language and understanding like, hey, whatever kind of genitals you have, or if you if you if you have this dick this is what this means. Or if you have, you know, this body, this is what this means, or this is the way you can do this thing. Um, I think is very helpful. So for instance, like when I think about like, I'm like, okay, if we're talking about vulvas and vaginas, but say you are intersex and you don't have a vagina, but you do have a vulva, um, you know, you still can, Access the information without feeling some type of way. You know what I mean? Or people who um, have gone through transition, you know? And I think it's all about how do we like ungendering our language? You know? I
0: I would also just say, tell me what you think, but just about communication. Like, I don't think, like, if someone's offering a class where they're like 10 tricks that will work on everybody to make them come, it's like, say, maybe stay away from that class. Uh, (laughs) I feel like it's more the basics is like, talking to somebody talking to them about how they like to refer to their genitals getting to know what they like and how they show you what they like and what kind of responses you're looking for like it's all there's not a one-size-fits-all for any of these like tips and tricks I mean some some maybe like everyone would say maybe they like that (laughs) but like for the most part it's like body to body
1: Absolutely, absolutely everybody is different and I think that is the most important point, right? Like we uh, bodies are all and it's, people oftentimes like I need uh, you know I had a client that came to me and was just like I need you to tell me how to navigate my girlfriend's body. And I was just like well I think you need to talk to your Our girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I can't help you with that. I don't know. I don't know her. I don't know her body. I haven't been with her before. I don't know. Like but it's so interesting they feel like a
0: lot of people think it's safer to ask a stranger instead of talking to their partner cuz that's more vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, you know part of it is you know they people think that you know all bodies are functioning the same when they we, they don't. There's one couple body parts that people are like well, a few body parts. I feel like people are like, I love it. Or like, don't touch me. And that's like the nipples, the balls, or the feet. Mm. You know, like, those are the, those are the, you know, I feel like the three parts where people are people like, don't touch me there, or please touch me there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so interesting to have that sort of dynamic. But yeah. other than that, that doesn't, you know, everybody's different. <laughs>
0: uh anything else to know about Dickfest fest before we move on to the next thing
1: <laughs> yeah we're gonna have it again like everybody was like <laughs> we are invested in Dickfest. we love it we're gonna <laughs> spread the word and um so it's coming back for 2022 absolutely okay so if you have a dick if you want a dick if you love somebody with a
0: dick if you are just curious um follow up and follow velvet lip stuff to see when dick fest is happening next because i hope please let me know because i would like to be there (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i i mean speaking of this client who reached out to you i often get clients come into me working through their struggles in partnership, you know, like they, they've things are wrong when they start being in relationship. And I think we can and need to heal a lot through relationship, but I do want to encourage single or individual folks that they don't have to wait to have great sex to learn about themselves. So, um, what are some of the ways that you help individual or non-partnered folks work on their sexual selves?
1: Well, I think part of it is when when folks come to me usually they they're they're, all, they're trying to embrace their sexual confidence like they really maybe have struggled with it for some kind of reason or they were in a relationship and sometimes you know you get in a relationship you get sucked in and you mm-hmm. you know, start to lose yourself quote unquote um so i think when people come to me it's most of the time they're trying to figure out not only themselves but how they're navigating relationships or what kind of relationship they want to be in next. I would say
0: too like making sure people are having a sexual ongoing sexual relationship with themselves whether they're partnered or not. Um because otherwise I think people are just waiting to do that work with a partner and then and then when they get the partner either they stop doing it or whatever. So I think it's like making sure first and foremost you take some of these classes and coaching and events like for you as an individual.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Knowing who you are, I think it's a whole self-awareness process. And a lot of times people don't know what their desires are, you know, how to tap in. A lot of times they don't know. I I come into contact with people who don't know how to make themselves orgasm or haven't seen, you know, their genitals um, or like, you know, they come with me, the gamut of, of issues, um, mm-hmm. But individuals, I think it's really important for the the self awareness piece um, because I can't I can't make a miracle if you are not willing to invest like what your desires are what what you know go through you know maybe whatever maybe traumas that you you you've gone through or mm-hmm. um, or you know needing to work those through so yeah I think it's just uh, incredibly important to um, have that awareness but. Um, and, and know where you're going next. Um, you know, a lot of time, like in our book, um, you know, we talk about, you know, what are the, what is the next step? Like we have like the sexual theory aspects, but that's all theory until like you move in, into practice. So yeah, integrate. I think integration is
0: so hard. A lot of my clients, like
1: I can give them a great
0: list of stuff to do or we talk about it, but if they're not going to figure out how to integrate it, it's kind of worthless.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I think it's always necessary to give them that homework, especially with clients. Did you do this thing? I need you to do this thing. You know, Um, how do
0: you, how do you get your coaching clients to do the things? I feel like it's hard, you know, we get stuck in our patterns and our stuff and, Uh yeah I mean look I'm guilty of that myself in my own therapy and coaching I so I have empathy for my
1: clients when I'm like yeah it's been
0: a few weeks and you keep saying you
1: want to do the same thing (laughs) right so I tell my clients at the very beginning I say you know you can pay me to do this work um but if you don't do the homework it's it's not going to be worth it so if they stop doing the homework and it's just sort of like okay, you're, you're now paying me for stuff that you need to do, but how can we move yeah. forward if you're not doing the, the first thing that I need you to do? And I'm like, I'm okay with you, you know, <laughs> keep you're to keep paying me. <laughs> I'm okay <laughs> with that. Um, but you know, I, we can't move forward or how are we going to move forward if, if, you know, you're not going to do the work and, and it's almost, it's almost a waste of my time too you know? So it's sort of like, I'm invested in you, not the hour that we spend together is just not ours too. I I'm spending time before that and after that to make sure that you're getting what you need. I do think one of the, one of the barriers for folks and maybe
0: not doing this stuff is, is trauma. Um, and you have an event that I saw, um, that you put on, uh, called healing through acts of love. Um, that's all about trauma, resilience and relationships. Um, How have you seen things like Tantra and classes like this, kind of learning about our sexuality, help us begin to heal some of our relationship insecurities?
1: Sometimes I think it's about tapping into your spirituality, right? So, um... You know, as a spiritual person, I think sometimes we just have to, we have to listen to, to that, to that gut. We have to listen to, to ourselves. And uh, many times we're running around, we're busy and we don't take the time to do that. Um, So things like the, the, The healing class—it really that class is actually it's a a charged class, but it's a fun class. But it's like it makes people cry, it makes people laugh. It like you know people go through the gamut of emotions with this um, with that particular class. Um, But I the important part to think about that class is getting all of it out, right? So whatever insecurities you're having or whatever you're feeling being able to understand what they are and then um, release them out into the world as something more sexual and something more powerful. I love that class. And I, unfortunately, I haven't been able to, I was slated to do that at a, um, at a poly event um, in Texas and then the pandemic hit. And so uh, um, I haven't been able to do that for a long time now. Sounds like you prefer to do it that one in person. Yeah, that one's definitely in person, yeah, yeah, because yeah, people are trying, can we do it virtually? No it's, it doesn't it's, it doesn't work the same way, you know. yeah.
0: and I mean, I want people to be able to to go to this class and do it, but any like small steps that listeners can maybe take to start doing healing acts of love with themselves to begin healing with that. Let's just like little, you know, little, little steps.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say the little steps, one of the little steps that you could do is take the time every day. um, And, uh, you know, you do like a a sentence a day and just say like, what do I love about myself? You know Um, I do this sort of like every month. So for the month, sort of like uh, write a sentence and then every day of the month I'm writing a sentence underneath there. So the question might be, what do I love about myself? And for a month straight, I'm writing shit that I love about myself. Or mm-hmm. I could say something like, well, what are the things that I, you'd say? What something I want to What heal. makes me feel proud? Yeah. Yes, yes. What yeah. makes me feel loved? Or I had a question like, what does freedom mean to me? You know, mm-hmm. um, anything to help you uh, understand sort of your positive, what are the positive things? Because you can always go back and read it and say like, yes, yes, yes. Or I needed this right now. Or maybe you, you know, you're feeling down and you need a little bit of love. So you can turn to that page of like, Oh my gosh, I have 30 positive things that I said about myself. This is amazing. And I need to, you know, do more. So uh, I think being able to do that every single day, work it into your, you know, routine, Um, I think it's super helpful for, for that healing because it really changes your brain. It really, cause you really are like, oh yeah, this is, I can start with this every day. Um, We talk about it a little bit in my uh, exercise of building your sexual confidence. um, So retraining your brain. I know as a therapist for you, you, I'm sure you know a lot about, you know, the, how the brain can act sometimes. So being able to retrain your brain, um, I think is also super important.
0: Yeah, and I had um for listeners to go back and listen to the episode with Goddess Coco Meow, but it talks a lot about like just doing those things with intention. Right so I think it's it's good to have a directive of like here's what you can try but I don't know if it even matters necessarily what you do I think it's the intention behind it and the fact that you're making a ritual out of it every day and like saying to yourself in an embodied way like I deserve to show up for myself like you deserve time you deserve this space and so like whatever it obviously it's going to be different if you're like, I'm going to make a ritual out of telling myself how much I hate myself. Like, not, that's not what I mean, but like something, something in light of what you're saying, but done with intention in a ritualistic way so that you're really teaching, like you said, your brain and your nervous system, like you matter and there's like space for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it takes repetition. And I always tell people do it dramatically. You know, like all the emotion because a lot of time we could say something in monotone, but it's it's not going to affect us. But once we put the emotion into it, yeah, that's you, when, to really believe it that's when the magic happens, you know?
0: Uh, well, before we wrap up, what is your favorite? class to or thing to teach or help somebody with? What's your thing where you're like, I'm jazzed about this?
1: I'm super jazzed about people squirting. I mean, not gonna lie. I love (laughs) to teach people how to squirt. It is my favorite. Um, you know, when I'm working with clients, sometimes they don't even know, you know, where their um, where their spot is, trying to figure out that and the, the techniques, the moves, and, and then I just get so proud because it's just like I teach them this thing, and then of course I get the feedback, and they're like, "You taught me how to squirt; and it was amazing," and that makes me amped because I feel like you know, it's a powerful thing. It, it's a powerful thing, but it's like it makes the world a better place because now you know more about your <laughs> body. You're like, makes you know the what? world I'm gonna a better place. Do this thing. <laughs>
0: In this episode, we talk about oral, and now it's time to talk about the other oral, oral hygiene. If your mouth has been giving a lot this year, you slutty scholar, treat it with oral care from Quip, makers of the award-winning Electric Toothbrush. If you go to getquip.com slash S&S right now, on top of their holiday savings, you'll get your first refill free. I just went on a family trip and I loved my Quip toothbrush. It came in a perfect travel container. Honestly, before having a proper holder, I used to just like wrap my toothbrush in toilet paper before putting it in my toiletry bag. Uh, so anyway, the brush is sleek, black, even the bristles. I just love it. Uh, it also has a Bluetooth smart motor that connects to the free Quip app, so you you can track your brushing, uh, get tips and daily coaching, and even earn rewards like refills and discounts for good habits like brushing two minutes twice a day. It's like the daddy toothbrush. It really gives an effective clean that's also gentle on sensitive gums. They also have things like anti-cavity toothpaste in natural mint and watermelon flavors with tooth-strengthening fluoride and xylitol to help reduce oral bacteria, and it's a vegan-friendly formula. It even comes in a 100% recyclable plastic tube. So if you go to getquip.com slash S&S right now, on top of their holiday savings, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free and up to 40% off bundles at getquip.com slash S&S, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com S-A-N-D-S. Quip, the good habits company. Perfect. Well, that's a great note to end on. Squirting makes the world a better place. So if people would like to help make the world a better place... um, through squirting and other stuff, how can they follow what you're doing, uh, get ready
1: for your book, get in touch, hire you? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to my website, VelvetLipsSexEd.com. Um, you can find me on social media everywhere at VelvetLipsSexEd, that's sex without the E, because, uh, you know, social media and sex and all. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Or at one, Marla Stewart, on all the social media. Uh, doesn't matter what it is. I'm on all the social media. And then... Um, but yeah, the website, you can find that, um, I'm out of the book on my website, but you can find it on Amazon, um, or your local feminist or local black bookseller. I think that might be it. Yeah. Just my website has most of my things and you can sign up for my email list or my text list, um, and get, uh, acquainted with what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. And as someone who has set up myself a session, uh, with Marla, it's super easy on the website. So like at least do like a, I don't know, how to pick your brain, whatever session, pay pay her it's super easy to set up um, and again listeners if you want to follow what I'm doing uh, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars. uh also who knows for how long because the Instagram doesn't like sex educators uh, on Twitter <laughs> at Sluts Scholars and you can listen wherever you get your podcast please don't forget to rate and review it really helps us and please check out the advertiser discounts both to take care of yourself because all the products are ones that uh, I usually really like and otherwise I wouldn't have them on Um and get some free shit, discounted shit for the holidays. Uh, Talk to you all next week.